What's great is that I have my wife trained in my language now. If we're all of a sudden <laughs> watching TV and without a word, I abruptly get up and start walking quickly, but carefully out the room, I will say the phrase dancing swords and nothing more. And she'll know exactly what I mean. Oh, yeah. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host. Greg Cody. I just, I'm a little winded because I just be- got back with your mother, Christopher, from uh, buying a Christmas this tree. Is, okay. I, I'm glad that you were buying. You're just like, I'm winded. <laughs> I just got done with your mother. I'm just like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Wait till the end of the sentence before you judge me. It's the middle of the afternoon. I'm a nighttime man. But seriously, <laughs> um, uh, Christmas tree shopping <laughs> is an ordeal in my house. Because there's no such thing as going to one place. Mom wants the perfect tree. That, that's I feel like that's where we're headed with this. Oh, it, it, she demands it. Your mother demands the perfect Christmas tree. It has to be something that, you know, Christ himself would have picked out uh, in the biblical era. Uh, whenever the biblical era was, I'm never quite sure. Is that pre-dinosaur? I, I don't know when that was. About, you know... 2021 years ago, approximately, is, you know, kind of how these things work. <laughs> is, that, is that the way it works? AD, you know, FD, CD. Anthony Davis. Uh, I used to own CDs, but um, she demands a, a perfect Christmas tree. And this time we actually got lucky because in years past, we've been to not one, not two, not three, but four different places to find just the right tree. This time we got the right tree at the first place. Um, but she still insists that it just be absolutely perfect. has to be perfect from all four angles, even though one of the angles is seen only by the wall. But it has to be perfect uh, from all four angles. And um, uh, it's a, a, little, a little early for a Christmas tree, by the way. It is. That's another thing about your mother. I'm, I disagree, but go ahead. Well, I'm not like I'm not saying like look, you're just making me look bad with my wife, like my, my neighbors. I got a few neighbors out here on Black <laughs> Friday trying to you know, get their lights up and it's making me look bad. We had set a plan, the wife and I, to do it next weekend. Right. So I was enjoying my, uh, you know, Black Friday. And all of a sudden, I got neighbors putting it up and my wife's all of a sudden judging me. And it's just, I, I, I <laughs> you're making me look bad. Like you with your Christmas tree this weekend and my neighbors with their lights. Yeah. Like, let's all just agree to do it when I'm doing it. So my wife doesn't <laughs> think that I'm lazy. I like that. Believe me, I, I would go along with that. I don't like the early... I don't like rushing the holidays, you know, the idea that, but your mother's like that. I mean, uh, when we're recording this, Thanksgiving was yesterday, and this morning, all of the indoor Thanksgiving decorations were nowhere to be seen, and voila, magically, all of the Christmas decorations were up. So we pivot, man. We pivot holidays like crazy, and we're now into Christmas mode, so the day after Thanksgiving, we're Christmas tree shopping. Um and one thing that I don't know if, if you all uh, shop for fresh trees or not, because I'm not an artificial guy, but the price of Christmas trees has skyrocketed exponentially in the past couple of years. That's just everything, right? It's probably just this year now. No, it's, it's, been, it's been going up and up, but this year especially. And um, a, a true story, uh, I'm recognized by a Levitard show fan as I'm leaving the place. And the reason I know is that he comes up to me with this big grin on his face pulls out his fist for me to bump it with my fist and says to me conspiratorially in a whisper, 
back in my day, you didn't spend 150 bucks for a Christmas tree. Am I right? Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> and well, played. well played by that guy. Not only did he give me a viable back in my day, but he's 100 percent right. It seems like yeah. a year and a half ago, $65 bought the same tree that we spent 100. We didn't spend 150, but we spent 125 bucks. Then you tip the guy 10 bucks and tax tag and title. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very expensive Christmas tree. I, I think the back in my day idea is just prices. Like, I don't know if there's a whole back in my day on tree prices. You know, you're going to you might have to expand it out. But like, you know, you got to you got to blame the, the, the pandemic some. But prices on everything are just kind of up. True. Greg, I, I want to know, like, how bad do you try to haggle the price on a Christmas tree? Um, I'm not a haggler. Oh, really? That's surprising. No. Marvin is a haggler, but not me. This is because your dad won't haggle, but then he'll complain for the next month about the price is what it'll Correct. be. That's more Greg Cody. Right. <laughs> I, would, uh, I, would, I would pay extra for the ability to complain about the high price. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, <laughs> honestly, uh, I, I, as a matter of fact, I have not haggled since the last time I went to a swap meet where haggling is expected. Um, I did hear haggling while we were in the Christmas tree under the Christmas tree tent. I did hear somebody, uh, he must have been buying this for a car dealership because it was one of these ridiculous pine tree sized Christmas trees that I think was marked for like 350 bucks. And he said something like, I'll give you 320. And, uh, and they said, no, thanks. But I would never haggle. No, never. I'm not a haggler. How about you guys? No, I'm too scared to haggle. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like something it, it, that brings back some childhood trauma about my dad not having money to take us to a restaurant and then going in and trying to like ask for a break because he wanted to celebrate something so bad and it oh, never wow. worked and uh but yeah like it was always quite embarrassing and that's just what he did so you are a real tree greg guy uh, chris what about you i i love a real tree i do have a fake one uh like a little one that we had in our apartment but i'm, I'm a real tree guy we have like a little play area that Graceland has upstairs that we're going to throw the little fake one for her and let her decorate it. But so you guys are going real tree this year. Yeah, I'm a real tree guy. I was real tree forever. And I thought I would stay that way. Like I would even as like a 23 year old, I was indignant. Like I will never go artificial tree. And then I had children and uh, we, you know, we were still re real tree all through our first, you know, the first couple of Christmases of children. Then the second child came around and it was like th this thing is there's there's a mess everywhere. He kept stabbing himself with the with the uh, the, the needles. Um, and and then, like, I just got tired of just assuming that I was going to wake up in a bed of flames every night. And <laughs> this is the neurosis I, that, that it would have. And so we finally about eight years ago or about seven, about seven years ago, bought a fake tree. And my Christmases have been so much better ever since. Okay. Yes, the kids have gotten older and such, but like, I don't have to vacuum every day. Oh, stop it. First of all, you don't have to vacuum every day. You only have to vacuum when you move the tree. When you, when you bring it in, you got to do a little sweeping and vacuuming when you bring it out. Like the pine needles just like, they don't fall like, like well, there's presents there. So you get out of here. Fake trees. are. I don't have to water it. I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't go to bed anymore thinking that that is the reason I'm going to wake up in, in a bed of flames. There are other reasons, but not that. And that's nice. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> I will say that if you buy a healthy tree and you water it sufficiently, it should last the week or two or three that it's in your house without dropping needles. So 
if it if it's dropping a ton of needles to the point where you got to sweep them up every couple of days, either you bought a bad tree or you're just not taking care of it. Um, I think one of the best back in my days I ever did was making fun of artificial Christmas trees. And I, I think what happened was I was scarred as a youth because when I was seven or eight years old and we were living at 1440, uh, my parents, who didn't have a lot of money, they bought not only a fake tree this, that we would see every single year because it was the same one. It was not only a fake tree. It was a silver, a tinsel silver <laughs> fake tree. And we had a color wheel. Anybody who's much younger than me has no idea what I'm talking about. We had a color wheel that would you'd set in front of the tree and your uh, your fake uh, tinsel silver tree would rotate with all these colors and it would be green and blue and purple and yellow and pink. And some maybe that sounds beautiful to some people. It was <laughs> ghastly. It was just <laughs> ghastly. And it completely turned me off fake trees. I'm wondering if somebody's tuning into this podcast right now for the first time ever and they're just thinking... What the fuck are these guys talking about? Are they just going to talk 10 minutes about Christmas trees? Like, what is it? Did I stumble upon the Christmas tree podcast? That's right. Like, what is, what are we doing right now? Are we, <laughs> is this like the Dan Levitard criticism where Greg Cody thinks his every move is the most interesting thing in the world? Did you open this podcast by saying, hey, everyone, I went and got a Christmas tree today? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I did. Um, <laughs> well, it was why you were winded, I think, is why you started there. But you do sound less winded now. It does seem like you've caught your breath. I have. Let's switch gears for a second, because I'm very passionate about something else I want to talk to you about. And this harks back to the Thanksgiving holiday we just celebrated. I love when things hark. Yeah. Hark the Herald <laughs> Angels sing. By that, they mean hark the Miami Herald Angels, by the way. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Christopher... When you were at my house on Thanksgiving, did you notice the shirt I was wearing? Um, no. Okay. It was a shirt from Franz Chicken Haven, my favorite chicken joint up in Boca Raton, Florida, which is about a half hour north of me. Why have you never brought me there to your favorite chicken joint? I haven't. Your little favorite secret chicken joint. It's like a, it's like a little mistress chicken joint that you don't tell anyone <laughs> it about. It is. It's just far enough away where it's like you're safe there. But What do you go there with, Mark Hockman? <laughs> <laughs> I have not. Um, but there's a reason I wore that shirt, and it was subtle, so subtle that you didn't pick up on it. I've taken to wearing uh, a pro chicken shirt every Thanksgiving. And the reason is that I read an article that, and this makes perfect sense, that the onset of the Thanksgiving holiday uh, is the onset of a lot of depression among chickens. And the reason... <laughs> Is that think so about full it. of it? This is not a real the, article. No, no, no. Think about it. The chicken for eleven months is the king of the poultry. Right. Okay. He's laying the eggs that produce all the omelets. Sheep. We may take them for granted, Sheep. but but we know that the chicken is where it's at. Right. One month a year. Forget about the chicken. It's not even a month though. It's like a week. It's like a week. All the worse for a week of the year. The chicken is shunted aside, and all of a sudden we're celebrating what? No. A big, ugly turkey. I feel like chickens go on vacation this week. Like, this is a fun week. This is our celebration week. They, they, it's no. like their 4th of July. They get together for barbecues where they eat turkey. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a depressing holiday for the chickens. So that, you know. 
My friends and I did uh, did ask the other day, like, if you were a turkey, like, whose plate would you be the most honored to end up on? Because someone suggested Greg Cody's Cajun Bird would be the top of the bill. Wow. I would be honored to be honored like that. Um, <laughs> uh, truthfully, uh, if you're going to die, well, the, the turkey's already died by the time you get it. But uh, if you're going to be served on a platter, I think you want to be cooked in boiling oil for 45 minutes rather than slow roasted to death um in an oven for four and a half five hours it reminds me of when we used to go to red lobster and you'd like see those lobsters swimming around in the tank yeah i don't want to see that you want to have the illusion that you're eating i want want the turkeys to be running around i want to go to a restaurant where i like outside i see turkeys running around in the field (laughs) well that's yeah i'm I'm sure pita i'm sure pita would be happy with that literally farm to table yes that's right that's one of my go-to jokes, as Christopher will tell you, when we're at a restaurant and uh, we get slow service and it's taken forever to get my chicken wings. I'm like, what are they doing running around trying to catch the chicken behind the store? What's going on here? The joke kills at the restaurant. I know it, it really kind of <laughs> fell flat here, but like, no, we it does pack, kill. We, boy, do we laugh every time. Ooh, we laugh. And the, and the other one was if my uh, third beer is slow coming, I'm like, what are they driving to Milwaukee to get my beer? What's going on here? Yeah. And then the check comes and he says, what, we break a window? You, I mean, you catch some doozies yeah. <laughs> when you're when you're out to dinner with Greg. Cody. Yeah, Chris, what what are your top five Greg Cody like common jokes that he throws out? <sighs> I mean, it's definitely like the broken window one is like I, he said it so much throughout my life that I say it now. Like I just become <laughs> my dad. And every time we get the check, I say it. And then my wife looks at me like you're becoming your dad. And, I, and then I like punch myself in the face. Um. And then like it's it it's not really jokes like that's that's a joke like there's not he doesn't have a lot to go through jokes it's mostly just like sayings like isms like mm-hmm. the blank in it and uh, calling a crap a QK <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you say so yeah if you say so and when whenever we can't decide whenever we can't decide where we want to eat he says can we quit playing who shot John that right. one I don't I'll never understand what that one is <laughs> is that a who shot Jr joke I uh, you know what I I don't analyze it it just it's been with me. It's one of my uh, children. What are the odds that Greg has gotten the Dallas joke of who shot Jr. wrong all these years? <laughs> no, it's not that. Because I think it is. It's something with like I don't know. Who, who, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Like that's that's when you're playing who shot John. When you <laughs> when you're asking people where do they want to go, and they're yeah. like I don't know. Where do you want to go? I hate indecision, particularly when it comes to where are we eating, because your mother and I will agree on some place. But but that has nothing to do with why is it called Who Shot John? Like <laughs> I, I know no you find that annoying, but that's not the part we're trying to get to the bottom of here. I know. I don't know. I have no idea. I've had a, I've I've had a curiosity for a long time. So Greg, you know, you've you've been famous for referring to stomach issues as dancing swords. Yeah. Where what's the origin of that? That I can tell you. Um that's uh stolen from uh, my late great friend Alan Cherry. And he I don't know why he came up with that but it struck me as just beautiful because inside your gut you have this thing going on no that is what it feels like that is what it feels like we all know that you know that pain that sharp pain of holy crap i have to take a shit that's (laughs) dancing swords this is just diarrhea right no it's not diarrhea it's not diarrhea because diarrhea is you step up to the plate and it just all flows out 
This is more like this is more like before you get to the bathroom, just like oh my god, this hurts. Right, and you right. you take another step, you're going to be in trouble. But if you if you yeah. stand there for a minute, you can you can power through and get and get where you need to go. That's right. And what's great is that I have my wife trained in my language now. If we're all of a sudden <laughs> watching TV and without a word, I abruptly get up and start walking quickly but carefully out the room. I will say the phrase dancing swords and nothing more and she'll know exactly what i mean oh yeah <laughs> do you think oh, yeah. she actually cares that's the real thing but no we um no we called that uh it, when i was a kid we called that the standing things because you'd be on the way to the bathroom and then all of a sudden oh gosh everything just starts hurting and you just have to kind of stand there usually <laughs> maybe sometimes with your legs crossed and like but like me and all my siblings and we had no idea that nobody else called it that but to us it was it was the stand the standing things <laughs> the standing things Hmm, wow! And uh, so when I heard you say dancing swords, I was like, I wonder if he's talking about the standing things. But uh, that's right. You you've taken a lot from Alan Cherry. Did you basically assume his identity when he passed away? <laughs> I did. I stole his identity. Yeah, you did. You took the song. You took letting go. The song. Yeah, the song letting go. Um, Wasn't he that kind of thing? That kind of thing is him. That kind of thing. <laughs> uh, as is the phrase. I'm the kind of guy that. <laughs> And, which is grammatically correct. It should be, I'm the kind of guy who, but he always said, I'm the kind of guy that. So I'm the kind of guy that says, I'm the kind of guy that, you know, that, 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 that kind of thing. But that's all now. God, I miss him. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're uncovering so much. He stole man. the identity of Alan Cherry. I can't believe it. Well, I stole a lot from him. Including his wife. He wasn't with Erlene first, was he? <laughs> No, he was not, but she knew him. Uh, we went on a cruise once with Alan and his wife. And, and they swapped. Uh, we did not. Uh, but uh, it was a beautiful cruise. There's a reason there was four years between Christopher and Michael. <laughs> That's right. Christopher is Alan Cherry's son. What? Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, John. Should we talk about why I sit to pee? Or, or should we save that for another episode? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Let's go, man. <laughs> Why do you sit to pee, Dad? Always? Or is this a late night thing? It's started off as a late night thing. Let me get a sip of water here. My voice is leaving me. Now he's just showing off. He just, you, were just, you wanted to work into this episode that you were drinking water. I have gone through three quarters of one bottle today. What's up? <laughs> you know, you give me enough shit for not drinking water. So when I'm drinking it, God damn it, I want to get credit. Well, you do sound like shit, so you better be doing something. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of shit, when I go into the bathroom, um, I do sit to pee. Uh, it began as an overnight thing because if I'm peeing at 3 a.m., obviously, I don't want to turn on a light. And because I'm not turning on a light, I don't want to stand and, and take a guess where the bowl is. So I sit to pee in the middle of the night. And over time, I'm like, this is so comfortable. This yeah. is so efficient. This is wonderful. Yeah. And so now when I'm at home, I never do it like in an airport or a restaurant. When I'm at home, always sit to pee. It's no. the most beautiful thing. And there's a stigma against it. Uh, I know on Curb Your Enthusiasm once, Larry David admitted that he sits to pee and whoever it was acted like men don't sit to pee. That's, you know, men don't do that, Larry. And um, I ob object to that. And men out there, boys, men, I'm telling you right now, sit to pee. You'll never go back. See, see, right now, my dad's being modest. He's, he's, he's actually not being honest. He, he does do it out in public. The other day, I walked into the bathroom, and he was sitting at a urinal. 
he was it was weird it was i was like dad you're taking this too far like it's like you're we're in public we're at like we're watching a monday night football game at a jcc like you know there's like this is a respectful joint why are you sitting on the stall like it's just dad come on this is inappropriate um at some point i want to do another back in my day it doesn't have to be right now i love when you say things on your podcast like i'd love to do this sometime it's like you're asking on like the podcast like you're asking the segment on a date like hey right. back in my day i'd love to do you later if yeah i could but uh, <laughs> if right. you don't want to it's fine if you don't want to it's like dad this is your show would you like to do a back in my day right now not a back in my day a mount gregmore isn't that what i said oh my bad well obviously this is the wrong pot like you would never do a back in my day here but you know right. i was just making fun of you and i got caught up in the air okay and uh do you have it written or prepared or not that it's i written. have How, notes it... written i have not written out a script so this would be pretty much ad-libbed a freestyle all right yeah freestyle mount gregmore Wow. So you're saying all the other ones before have been written and you want to yeah. you want to Eminem one like in eight mile it in this way. Right. That's right. All right. Yeti hit the beat. All right. We haven't done a uh, Mount Gregmore in a long time and we're doing it again. So I want to remind you Mount Gregmore is the one that kicks Mount Rushmore's ass because we're not just a top four. We're a top five plus an honorable mention. That's how good we are. Okay. I'm so excited. And this category is Dolphins players' names that remind you of food or the holidays. Okay. Okay. I like this. I like this. All right. And by the way, not only do we have a top five and an honorable mention, but this week only we have a dedication. We are dedicating this category to Hunter Matt Turk. Oh, yes. Okay. Wait, so wait a minute. Hold on. That's honorable mention. This is bullcrap. That's why I've had an honorable mention to the honorable mention as a dedication. So now it's got a dedication. Yeah. This is <laughs> top five with an honorable mention That's and right. a dedication. Amazing. Yes. It's, so it's just the top six. And and by the way, <laughs> by the way, the honorable mention is a two-way tie. So we're actually mentioning eight names in this top five. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's the top seven. Okay. Oh, my God. This, this is, is an elite eight. Right. Okay. The dedication is Matt Turk. This is for you, Matt. That's a good one. It's a good start because, you know, Thanksgiving. The honorable mention is a tie between Tabor Pepper and Brian Salter. Salt <laughs> and pepper. Ta- table pepper? Like, is this table? Is that the wordplay we're doing there? It's table. No, I wish. Table pepper would be even better. His name was Tabor. T-A-Y-B-O-R. Don't ask me why. Number five, Ken Rice. <laughs> Not Jerry Rice. Ken, Ken Rice. Oh, wait, but we're doing dolphins. That's right. Yeah. Number four, Patrick Cobbs. That's right. <laughs> like corn and the cobs. Okay. Number three, Irving Fryer. <laughs> These are less wordy when you don't have them written. They really are. <laughs> Number two, Frank Cornish. All right. Whose nickname, by the way, was Game Hen. Yeah, the good old, yeah, yeah, the Cornish Hen. Now, was that really his nickname or is that just what you called him? Nobody yeah. knows. That's, that's, that's what I wish thing. had been his nickname. Is this a cobbler? Frank okay, Gaines. all right, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Shoes. Shoes. This is a cobbler, a cobbler thing. <laughs> you know what? I, I should have had the cobbler in here, but I didn't. But the game hen is good. The game hen's actually yeah. pretty good. Frank Game Hen Cornish was number two, and the number one dolphin player names that connotes whatever the hell this category is, Vonnie Holiday. Yes, I remember that. D-lineman. That's right. Vonnie Holiday. 
holiday doesn't connote food. You have food at the holidays. That is true. Thank you. Holidays connote food. But the name doesn't connote food. The name connotes the thing that connotes the thing. Yeti, I know this never happens, but I'm going <laughs> to side with my dad on this one. He's right. <laughs> holidays does connote. I think it connotes is a wide... It. You have You have a wide berth with connotes. You do have a wide berth. Thank you for that. <laughs> Put that on the pole. Do you have a wide berth with connotes? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, another award-winning Mount Gregmore has come your way. I feel like Thank we've accomplished you. a lot in this first half of the podcast. <laughs> we have. I feel like this. Feel like the people got their money's worth for this. They one. really did. How much are they paying for this? I think after this commercial, we should get to some sports. Oh, sports! You wouldn't believe it. We got sports out the ass coming up next. <laughs> trying to figure out which sport coming out of my ass would be the least painful <laughs> or like you know swimming i feel like swimming coming out of my ass would be like not as like you know like hockey the idea of hockey coming out of my ass seems extremely painful what, what sport right. would you most want to have come out of your ass um i think i could i think i could dispel a golf ball without a lot of pain Wow. So you went really graphic with this. Okay. I thought we were just going to kind of, <laughs> thought we were going to beat around the bush, no pun intended, but you got right in there and uh, got very vivid. I mean, you're talking about hockey coming out your ass. What are you right. talking about? But I didn't like say a specific item. I just like let the, the imagination wander. And uh, you were like, this is exactly what's happening when golf is coming out of my ass. Okay. Okay. I tend to get graphic. What can I tell you? Yeah, yeah. Chris, you win with the swimming. That's a, that's a good one to go with. Just with the, yeah. It just seems nice, right? It just seems it seems free-flowing. Right. Let, just, let me yeah. go with the diving. That way it's just it's over quick. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. All right. If we're going there, I'm going to go with um, rhythmic gymnastics. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about sword fighting? Yeah. <laughs> Fencing. fencing. <laughs> now you're getting into dancing swords territory right here. Can we talk about what a ridiculous sport that is? It's like you're not really sword fighting. You're you're wearing a mask. The, the, the end of it's not sharp. It's like such a fake ex exhibition of what real sword fighting is. People from back in the day, like I'm, I'm picturing um, uh, what's the movie that I'm picturing of where they're, they're, I'm, my name is Adeo Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Yeah. Yeah. The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. Yeah, don't ask Greg. He has <laughs> blank faces. Ever. No, I was thinking Zorro. <laughs> well, like, it's just I mean, like you, you think of these movies in this in the fight scenes and then you, you, you look at what actual fencing is. It's a joke. I don't like fencing. Get it out of here. It's a fake uh, sport. Andrew and I actually got in this conversation one time about hockey. Like, what if. They, they, instead of when you get into your normal hockey fight, what if it turned into medieval times? Like they combine yes. medieval times and, and you're to actually jousting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like it. There's your sports update for you, folks. <laughs> sports out the ass on the Greg Cody show. Dad, sports us. Come on, sports me. There wasn't a lot of sports the first half. What do, you, what do we got? The Dolphins are back. I've kind of turned on Tua. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I feel like Dolphin fans like to tweet at me about how I went to the Chargers. Look. I had to do what was good for the Dolphins, okay? I knew that if I went over to Herbert, he looked so good early in the season. I was like, I got to pull this card. It's the only way to ruin what Herbert has going for him. 
So you're welcome, Dolphins fans. I have ruined the Chargers <laughs> and in turn made Tua. You're taking credit for Tua now? Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm mocking, like, you know, I'm kind of just yeah. joking about the whole Herbert thing. But in all seriousness, Tua, like, I'm starting to think that if you put a good offensive line around him, like, like Tua, like, he's not a top 10 quarterback, but, you know, he could be the 13th best quarterback in the league, and that's doable. I think you're underestimating him. We, um, we're recording this Sunday evening. I was at the stadium today for what I consider to be the Dolphins' best all-around performance of the season, and maybe arguably in in the whole um, Brian Flores era, they were terrific today. And Carolina Panthers uh, are a decent team. They're not a good team by any means, but they're not terrible either. And the Dolphins just utterly dominated. Tua was great. Defense was great. You know what I loved about this game is that all of the the young players were great. Tua was great in his second season. Yep. J- uh, rookie Javon Holland had an interception. Jalen Waddle with the Waddle TD celebration, which was great. <laughs> Th- that was sort of the theme of my column in the Miami Herald was how you know it's funny when you win, fun things happen, and mm-hmm. one of them was the Waddle Waddle, and um, that well, was I mean, great. I, I got to call you on like the Panthers. Their defense is really good. That offense with Cam Newton is not good. Like, oh, so it's I, terrible. I, like it's you got to take everything today. That's just what happens when you play tough teams. You think your team stinks. And then when you play the Jets and the Panthers back to back, all of a sudden the Dolphins think they're good again. <laughs> you know, and we got the Giants next week. So as we talked about, like they're going to be seven and seven. It's looking like so, you know, I'm just saying it, 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 I, we got to pump the brakes a little bit. But, you know, two looks good, though. I will say that. Well, teams that are one and seven don't do this. And I can quantify that. <clears throat> Pardon me. <laughs> uh, one of the things I wrote in my column is that two column references in the first five minutes, <laughs> 130 teams in NFL history have begun a season one and seven of those 130 teams. The Dolphins are only the sixth team, six of 130 to go from one and seven to winning four games in a row. It's a turnaround that's almost historic in its unusualness. And it proves that, you know, this team never quit on Brian Flores. Um, they they surged at a time when they might have quit. And I think it speaks well of um, of the coaching staff. I really do. Didn't a couple of years ago, the Dolphins start 0-7 and then finish strong? Like that, <laughs> Flores might have two of those teams on that list. Uh, he doesn't because uh, I saw the list. Uh, but uh, okay. so I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. But it's close. <laughs> like th- this is becoming a Dolphins thing. Yeah. If you look back slow over the last start, three years. Yeah. Slow start. And then yeah, get get it going later. Look. Tua uh, was really good, really super accurate. Jalen Waddle was great beyond his Waddle Waddle celebration, which is fantastic. One of the things I love about that celebration is that it's, first of all, it's old timey. Um, it's subtle more than showy. Um, it, it's just, it, it just has a great vibe to it. It's quick. You know, it's just a guy doing a little penguin waddle. And I just think it's fantastic. It, so what you're saying, it's a dance that you can do, that you can actually pull off. That's really all this is about. That's true. There is something about a simple celebration. It's like, don't I don't need props, nothing too like involved. Just keep it simple. K-I-S-S, kiss it. What does that mean? Keep it simple, stupid. That was like such an outdated oh, okay. like little reference. Is that? <laughs> yeah, like a, even I didn't get thing? it. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that. Kiss it, keep it stupid, stupid simple. Or what is that? Stupid. You're a podcast host. What is going on with your voice? It's like painful for me to listen to you talk. Really? Like, I'm, I'm supposed to talk right now, but it's just such a struggle. The Dolphins, the two has looked good, though. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize to the listeners. Uh, if you all are agonizing over it as much as my producer is, then uh, we're all in trouble. But um, I want to say something about the hurricanes. Well, go ahead and say it then. No, I'm going to believe me. Okay. Much like the Dolphins, the hur- who at one and seven have won four in a row, the Hurricanes were given up for dead at two and four. Their record is now seven and five. Not great by any measure, but pretty great when you start two and four. And there's a lot of talk down here. Is Manny Diaz going to be fired? He better be. Does he have a chance to be retained? And I, I have to say, I think it, look, they have a bowl game coming up. If he gets to coach in the bowl game and wins the bowl game, that will mean he's finished the season on a six and one run. I think you have a tough time firing a coach whose team believed in him, who finished on a six and one run, uh, who recruited well enough to have Tyler Van Dyke at quarterback, to have had Derek King from the port transfer portal. Uh, Diaz has done an, enough good, I think, where um, I don't know what deal they're going to make with the new AD. Typically, a new AD comes in and says, I want firing power. Diaz, you're out of here. But if the university says, look, Mr. New AD, we love you. We're going to hire you. But it's with the proviso that Manny Diaz gets one more year. I would have no problem with that. That's, that's just weak, though. What, like a blowout win against Duke and then winning the champs bowl? Like that, that's like what we're going for here. Like, I just think, if, well, I mean, yeah, if there's no better options, but the recruiting has been bad. He doesn't recruit this area. Like keep, keep, stay focused on the bigger picture here. Don't get caught up in this Duke blowout win. Duke's terrible. Okay. okay I'm, I'm not getting caught up on that win and don't put words in my mouth because <laughs> included in that six and one streak would be a victory over two ranked teams uh, included in the seven and five record would be three. ACC losses by a combined total of eight points. They've been they've been pretty close to being a good team, and now the offense uh, shows signs of being very great, even as they lose their offense coordinator, Rhett Lashley. So I just think if Where'd you he go, where'd he go? He's going to uh, SMU to be their head coach, where he came from when Miami signed him. Um, look, if everybody asked me over time, no matter what the sport is, ah, we should fire so and so, fire the coach. My reaction is always, who's, who's he going to be replaced by? Do you have somebody better? Look, if you can get Mario Cristobal or even Lane Kiffin, somebody with a proven track record, by all means do it. And I'll say, yep, that guy's better than um, Manny Diaz has been. But if you don't have somebody who's demonstrably uh, more impressive than Manny Diaz, I think Diaz, based on a 6-1 and one finish, deserves another season. That's what I'm saying. Well, see, now you're kind of like now you're kind of like hedging. Like you're like, oh, they should keep them unless these two coaches are available. Correct. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. They shouldn't get somebody with less experience than Manny Diaz. Yeah. Like if they are going to make the move, it should be somebody that we think of as better than Manny Diaz. So I'm with you on that. Like, don't obviously fire him with, you know, bringing in someone crappier. But I don't know. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people out there who are of a mind. Get rid of Manny Diaz. I don't care who we bring in. Get rid of Manny well, this, Diaz. This ACC was really agree. bad this year. Like this was the year, and you know, I know they finished strong, but they're still not winning the Coastal. And like, I know that Canes fans are delusional, thinking that they're still living in the early two thousands. But if you want to get back there, the standard has to be higher than like this. You know, yeah, I mean, Van Dyke is good. Like that, Manny does deserve credit. If that guy turns out to be legit, then. Yeah, but I don't know. I just, I, 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 as a casual Canes fan that wants to see them good, 
I'm good just making the move. Like, I, I haven't seen anything from Manny Diaz other than that he looks cool wearing headsets. He looks cooler <laughs> as a defensive coordinator, honestly. Manny Diaz looked so cool as a defensive coordinator. as a He just looks disheveled as a head coach. Some people are just meant to look like a defensive coordinator, and I think that's Manny. Well, that's what he's trying to outlive, the idea that he's a D.C. in uh, head coach's clothing. Um, but let's see. Again, let's see who, who they're going to hire, who they're going to bring in. If it's a big name, if it's Mario Cristobal, great. If it isn't, and you get a you get a sitting head coach who ended on a six and one run, I think there's a strong argument to keep him. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's been said. <laughs> it has been said. <clears throat> My voice is shit. Um, how much water have you had today? How much what? Have you had more water than your tree today? That's that's the question I want to know. Yeah, your Christmas. Who's had more water today? Your Christmas tree or you? My Christmas tree is going to win that uh, every time <laughs> I am watering that tree. Uh, like I, I forget having an infant. You got to like feed them every two hours milk or whatever. I am watering that tree more than I have. Now I'm picturing you breastfeeding the tree. I am breastfeeding the tree. <laughs> I'm down on my side, shimmied under the tree, feeding it water three times a day in the morning, midday and evening. We have That's- to be the first podcast in history. There's a lot of podcasts out there. There have been a lot of conversations done on podcasts. I will feel safe saying that we are the first podcast to ever paint the picture. Cause that's what we're doing here. We are painting pictures with words for your, into your eardrums. And the picture that we just painted into your eardrums is my dad breastfeeding a Christmas tree. And that I'm proud of. There's nothing in this episode that we will do that will be more memorable than the visual of my dad breastfeeding a Christmas tree. Brought to you by the Arbor Day Foundation. (laughs) (laughs) And look, there is nothing dirty about that. There is nothing wrong with that. I see women breastfeeding in airports. You should be able to do it in public. You should be able to breastfeed in in public. It's not a problem. I should be able to put my Christmas tree in the middle of an airport, in the middle of a concourse, and lay down next to it (laughs) and breastfeed my tree and, and, you know, the holiday travelers, they're just walking around me like nothing's going on. So is the base of the tree at your nipple region or is like the point of the tree where you would put the star? Like I'm trying to visualize. This. Oh, it's what the base of the, of the tree? tree. Where are they feed? Where is it? It's feeding from the base, right? It drinks from the bottom. Yes. Mm, for baby. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And it's not painful. It's a joyous experience. It really is. I, now I don't even want to say like now the things that I'm visualizing in my mind. Yeah, probably best not to. Probably best to move on from this topic. It involves two numbers. I've got you and a tree. Okay, anyways, moving on. I don't even know what that means. This got fun, though. I, I was like, I was like feeling like our sports out the ass didn't wasn't bringing anything to the table. Now this, like we got the good football analysis and this funny visual. So I'm feeling a lot better about what we've just done. Well, I disagree with you. I think our sports analysis did bring no, I think That's it's fine. Favorite. I think it was good sports analysis, but you know, like me, I like a little analysis. I like a little seasoning in it. I like a little seasoning in there. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Okay, here's something I want to do before we get off sports altogether. Um, I want to take credit for the Dolphins surge. Oh, no, it's me. I already took credit. Remember the Chargers thing? Here's my credit. Last week on the podcast, and you can go retreat and look it up. We had on the number one Dolphin fan. In America, as my voice gets worse and worse. Seriously. And toward the end of that podcast, we were singing the Dolphin fight song. Mm -hmm. That inspired the Dolphins to this victory today. So you have Mac Hollins like tuning in to the Greg Cody show and like 
going into the yes. locker room like guys I heard something today. Let me play this for you. And then they yes. put it up over the speakers and like, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. And it was the sound of we three and Mark Angelo, the number one Miami Dolphins fan singing the Dolphins fight song. There mm-hmm. were tears in the locker room. There were inspirational fists raised. It was a fantastic thing. And what happens next? They go out and kick the ass of the Carolina Panthers 33 to 10 as a direct result. That's what. <laughs> Thank happened. you, Greg. Thank you. There you Greg. go. <laughs> Did you guys see yesterday? Uh, I know I say yesterday, even though we're recording this Sunday. It's because people listen on Mondays, so I'm trying to keep that. But like, it was earlier today. It was earlier today. Mac Jones, who's like not fleet of foot, like this guy doesn't run the ball. He he ran. It was like third and twelve, and he ran for like ten yards. It was like seeing Mac Jones run ten yards. It must have felt like fifty yards, and it must have to him because he popped up. And did like a Cam Newton esque first down point, and it was like, dude, you just came up two yards short. Like you didn't get the first down. <laughs> like great. I know, I know, Mac Jones, you felt like you just ran for ten miles, but you actually only ran for ten yards. You're two yards short, and you guys have to punt. <laughs> but it's like it's so out of character because like you could tell he was feeling himself. He's like, whoa, I just ran the ball. This is crazy. I'm gonna pop up and point. It's like, dude, you're two yards short. <laughs> I think in cam like you're crappy now cam you need to not do the Superman thing like you're old now you're not as good as you used to be like all that cool stuff seems so much cooler when you're old cam noon well no young cam noon now you're old cam noon he was really bad I mean he completed five out of 20 passes that's like unheard of yeah that's like you're the quarterback for a day you might complete five out of 20 passes Christopher wow. I mean seriously it's just awful stats. Uh, I made a joke um, in my column that uh, it was the worst performance by a Cam seen at that stadium since Cam Cameron went one and fifteen in two thousand and seven. Wow, just a cheap shot at poor Cam Cameron. I know he's sitting at home <laughs> minding his own business, and then he reads that another cheap shot. He's sitting at yeah. home, man. Yeah. Greg, what did he do to you? I mean, is he still in the league? I have no idea. We need that thumb to go in this direction. Yeah, that's right. Good family, though. Ted Ginn. What a great, great family. That guy had. Unbelievable. Uh, but um, I need to have a Lobos update, and it's a sad one. Oh, it's a sad one. You know, the Lobos, America's most famous fantasy football team, Greg's Lobos. We entered this week nine and two in PFPI fantasy. Number one alone, number one in the league. And I think we're going to lose this week. We're way down. That's not the worst of it. <laughs> you falling asleep talking, saying this? I think this? he is. I really think he is. Are you building suspense or falling asleep? I can't I'm, figure I'm it out. Try- I'm trying to build suspense, <laughs> but if you mistake it for falling asleep, I'm failing at building suspense. <laughs> but what, I'm, what I mean is I am coming to the realization that my regular season record might not mean anything because I see two teams in the league that have worse records than me, but that are outscoring me by 40 points a week. So my dream of winning my first ever career fantasy championship uh, is really on shaky ground right now. So you're the guy because, you know, how every year in a fantasy team, there's one guy who has the most points in the league, but he's had some bad luck. So he's got a 500 record. Right. You're like the opposite of that. You're like the guy who has the nine and two record, but his total points is like middle of the pack. So your team is actually average, but you're just kind of getting lucky with matchups. Oh, totally. Uh, Maybe people listening can relate. I'm on a five-game winning streak, which sounds pretty impressive. I think three or four of those five wins have been 
like 96 to 93. Yeah. You know, 88 to 87. You're going against the low points every week. Look at you. Yeah. You're so, see, I knew you were fraudulent. <laughs> well, I'm not saying I'm fraudulent. But. All you got to do is get in the playoffs, though. That's what see, That's why seedings don't really matter in, the, in fantasy. It's all about just getting into the dance and then you got to just get lucky and have a good week. Like, you know, what I mean, there's, yeah. it's not people like to think that there's a lot of skill with this. It's really just put a roster together that can get in the playoffs and then just hope you win. Right. Well, today. I had um, <clears throat> had like six points from Mike Evans, <laughs> had like four points from Jamar Chase. Come on, Jamar. <clears throat> Can you oh, man. C- go through the full roster? Give us like what everyone's points were. I'm so riveted no. by this. Like, I, I, I'd, I'd really love a full <laughs> breakdown. Like, how many points did your kicker have? I'm like really interested. Look, I'm just frustrated right now as the CEO of Greg's Lobos. I've got Jamar Chase, one of the most dynamic rookies in the league. Uh, the Bengals win, right? They kicked the Steelers' ass unless they collapse late. They did. I think the Bengals won easily. Jamar Chase has three targets the whole game. How the hell does that happen? I'm being, you know, sucker punched. It's unfair. <laughs> I'm suing everybody. I'm going to sue the NFL. I'm suing the Bengals. I'm going to sue you for this last minute of this podcast. We are having so much fun talking about you 69ing a Christmas tree. And now, and now all we're doing is just like giving you're going down your roster and just telling us how many points they had. I think we need to I think we need to end the podcast. I think this is a good place to end. Let's get out of here. All right. Let the people I've got chatter outside. Hey, don't you see that recording light on? There's no recording light and we can't hear that. So you're oh, just you can't? Now, it okay. sounds like you have voices in your head. I might. I might, by the way. Uh, all right, listen, thank you all. This was a record-setting podcast because it marked the long-awaited return of Mount Gregmore, which was fantastic, uh, award-winning, and uh, podcast family. Thank you all very much, as always. Appreciate you. Thank you for being with us last week, even though it was the holidays. We didn't take it off. We were there for you, and here we are again. How about that? Good night, everybody. You always do this thing with saying we're an award-winning podcast. It's like, it's clear. It's such false advertising. Like, are you allowed to say we're an award-winning podcast if we're not? Well, I said it was an award-winning Mount Gregmore. Oh, uh, well, but whatever. In the past, you've said we're an award-winning podcast. Like, right. You just lie about award-winning. Like, like right. you have no sense of irony with like, why are you doing that? Why are you lying to the people? I run an organization called the Mount Gregmore uh, award ceremony. All right, I'm leaving. And so every week we give out an award for the best Mount Gregmore. And the latest Mount Gregmore won the award. So it is an award winning episode of Mount Gregmore. Where'd they go? They left me. Christopher, Yeti, where'd they go?